Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Woohoo, that's me. It me. Yeah, that's me. Ethan. Yeah, that's me. That's you. That is. I got a haircut today. Good for you, man. You look great. Thank you. I don't. I, I kind of like the long hair look. I think you could have kept it going. I honestly think the long hair looked better than this haircut right now. That's right, whatever. Slight on the Thanks, new haircut, man. but Thanks, just man. good with longer hair. Just backhanded compliments, back, just all all the time. <laughs> it's fine. No, no, I said you look good, bro. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's the we, summertime, Nolan. I'm not gonna have long hair in the summer. Why not? I do. Because I just don't want to deal You're with it. Just any not of that. cool. It's hot, it. bro. For sure. Uh, we've got part two. Of our roundtable of misery today featuring Matt Derry. Who do you think you are telling me that I don't have nice hair? Just like, hey, yeah, it looks good, but it looked good, looked better before. All right, thanks, man. Never I'm mind. Just, Get, to help just you. go back. Never mind. Just go, just sorry, let's talk about the show. All right, round two. Part two of the round table of misery with Matt Derry from Lockdown Lions and Matt Shook from Lockdown Pistons. Uh, but let's just get right to it. Round table of misery, part two, Matt Derry, Matt Shook. Let's party. And interesting that Steve Eiserman had the the political capital to take maybe a risk on Mo Sider that a lot of people weren't excited yes. about at the time. And one year in, you know, it looks like a really good pick so far. I wonder if Troy Weaver coming in, you know, he doesn't have the, the cachet of a Steve Eiserman, especially in this town, but certainly a guy who's well respected and, and has a long leash right now with a four-year deal, you wonder in a draft, especially without the, the top-level talent in this particular draft coming up for the Pistons, uh, th- there's not names that are going to be surefire all-stars in there. If he goes off the board for someone that he really likes, for someone that he feels like fits the type of team that he wants to build in Detroit, and I wonder if, uh, if you'll see that come October or whenever we have the draft. Well, I, I will say this. Um... They've got to sell tickets. And I know we might not have fans. I don't know what's going to happen with the mm-hmm. virus. But uh, knowing Troy Weaver a little bit, he's got some – he and I have some Syracuse ties, and I've talked to him before. He's a great guy. And Matt said it right today. He, I mean, he's not a press conference lighter-upper by any means. But if LaMelo Ball is there and they're, and they're picking, whether it's one, two, three, um, you know, the circus that comes with him, maybe his father, uh, there's a Detroit tie with Jermaine Jackson, um, who's a former Piston and obviously a Detroit guy that's, that's been working with LaMelo for two years. That might be, you know, a guy's pulling up from half court shooting like Steph Curry with five dribbles behind his back. <laughs> that might, at 6'10", or whatever he is, might put fannies in the seats. And they've got to think about that, too, um, because their, you know, attendance has been low. And, and, and Chuck talked about, uh, apathy a little bit. They've got they've got to get some some people excited, and I think that would be. You, know, you never know. You'd have to ask Troy. Okay, if it's between Lamelo Ball and the kid from Georgia or Wiseman or whomever, it may end up being. You know what? We got to take the showstopper here, because that would get. I think people would go. Oh man, here's some six nine, hundred pound soaking wet kid. But we know about Lavar. We know about the, you know, a big baller brand, and maybe Lamelo lights it up, and that would be a lot of fun because. Even when they were really good at winning championships, it wasn't – we loved that team, mm-hmm. but the national people didn't. It was uh, the going-to-work team, the best five alive or whatever. There was not a star. Imagine if LaMelo Ball and 
got it rolling. And that would be that would be fun. Yeah, it's it's the one primetime talent in this draft. He's got unbelievable feel for the game. His passing is is elite. You'd like to see the shot come around. You'd like to see the sustained defense come around. But these are young guys that, you know, who knows what they'll be like down the road. But like Barry said, the second that he steps into Little Caesars Arena, uh, suddenly you're going to catch a little bit of the NBA eye. And certainly some casual fans are going to want to see the LaMelo Ball show right away. Yep. Well, and Shook, I think you you said something really kind of intriguing. That's the political Thank capital to go that. out. Yeah, <laughs> I find most things that you say intriguing, to be quite honest. That's why I'm a subscriber to the Lockdown Pistons podcast. That's right. Uh, but I think that a, a an effective GM has to have the ability to do that. And I think Bob Quinn, he at least for sure had that at first. He might be, you know, a little less so now, uh, but an effective GM has to be able to have that leniency of, you know what? We don't, we don't get it right now. He's not making uh, acquisitions or drafting players because he thinks it's going to save his job. He, he's making them because he thinks it's going to make the team a championship contender three, four or five years down the road. And, yeah, and huge that's differences. why I keep an eye on, on Troy Weaver this off season guys that, you know, everyone here likes Luke Kennard. He's done a really good job so far. You know, certainly you want Donovan Mitchell instead of him in that draft, but you got some decisions coming up. He's extension eligible this offseason. He's going to be restricted free agent next summer if he doesn't sign that extension. But is he a guy, obviously the knee situation complicates everything with him. But if he can get something around the league, he was, he was talked about at the trade deadline in February too. So Troy Weaver, you know, certainly a guy who's shown some things at the NBA level and Luke Kennard, and certainly a guy who you could see being a, a good to possibly even very good NBA type of rotation player going forward. Uh, maybe if he's a guy that uh, that Troy Weaver doesn't see in his plans for whatever reason, he could uh, roll the dice and, and see what he could get on the market for him. And that's the type of move that you can make when you have that leniency and that capital. And that's a problem with Bob Quinn is that he doesn't take any chances. Um, I thought, like I said, this year's draft was good, but you know they've got this mold of player that they want. Yep. And to me, I'm not saying you got to go get all all jerks in the in the locker room, even though they can play. Uh, football character or whatever they call it, and the Patriot way, which we're so sick of hearing about as he enters year five. Um, sometimes you, sometimes you got to find that though, those diamonds in the rough. And it does seem like they finally have cleaned out the locker room. So any of the social media guys uh, that were heavy on there, they're all gone. You know, you won't see any Darius Slate tweets anymore. Quandre Diggs, Snacks Harrison, Glasgow yeah. is good with the media. They're all gone. But the problem is, is a lot of those guys could also play football. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if someone wants to get out of Dodge and it's week four or five and they're ticked off at Patricia or something, hey, just hop on Twitter. Quinn will, Quinn will take you out. You know, Quinn will trade you for a fifth rounder. <laughs> and that's a bit of a problem. I think, I think, I don't think Iserman's, uh, not, he's definitely willing to roll the dice. Um, we'll see about Troy Weaver. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about Al Avila. I mean, he's, you know, I think he's grasping a little bit. But that's that's a, that's a knock on Bob Quinn for sure. Is it, is there enough talent there? Uh, we can talk about character and culture all day, but you still have to have players. Now, let me ask a question here, and this one's actually for Ethan. Ethan, if I cut you directly in half, what would happen to you? Uh, well, how are you cutting me? Which Sideways. which direction? Sideways. Like waist at the waist. All right. Or well, you the fifty percent mark is. Uh, I well, I would lose the ability to move my legs and my intestines would spill out of my body and it would be a very painful death. So 
50% off is a killer deal, huh? And that's oh what BuiltBar.com is offering you guys today with their new closeout sale. That's right. They got 16 amazing flavors of protein bars that taste like a candy bar. Now, it's not enough to just have one protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They got 16. They got eight with nuts, eight without nuts, but all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and most importantly, great for the health-conscious guy. Now, here's the skinny, and I mean skinny. You got 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, three grams of sugar, and three grams of net carbs in a built Bar. Where else are you going to find that kind of nutritional value at such a low caloric expense. I, I don't think there's going, there, there's not a place that you're going to be able to find that. Definitely wouldn't be able to find it at the hospital I'm staying at if you cut me in half. <laughs> this is true. And while I wouldn't actually do that, I certainly would head to BuiltBar.com to take advantage of these 50% off deals. You can get an additional $10 off. All you got to do, enter the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout at BuiltBar.com. Don't quote me on this, but they might be paying you to get these built bars by the time this thing is all said and done. Are you sure I can't quote you there? I want to. Once again, that promo code is locked on at builtbar.com for $10 off on top of a massive 50% closeout sale. And if you want to talk about round tables of misery, let's talk about the CAT scan that I got when I broke my back playing hockey in 11th grade. Are you, can, you, can we talk about how it happened? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Nolan tried to turn, and then he tripped on the blue line. No, I lost an edge right by the boards going at an extremely high rate of speed because I was forechecking like a beast. Go on. So you fell. You I fell, mean, kind of. You fell going really fast into a very hard surface. And yes. then you fell in back first, and then you had to get stretchered off the ice. Correct. And I uh, fractured my L2 vertebrae, something I still deal with to this very day, or at least I did until I got hooked up with Mimo Remedies, full spectrum CBD, hemp oil, and flour. Now I got two different kinds. I got the CBD oil that I can put in my drink in the morning, and I got the cherry flour that I can you know, smoke. Uh, it's nice. It's summertime. I'll sit out on the back porch and just chill out especially after a long day. There's nothing better than lighten up some of their flour. And right now, They've got CO2-extracted, full-spectrum CBD, hemp, organically grown in Oregon, where MEMA founder Brandon Demler got his start in the industry. And while he was there, he was working with other Michigan State alums. Now listen, we know Will Hunter from the Lockdown Spartans podcast. He's a good dude. We know Sheehan from the Lockdown Spartans podcast. He's a good dude. We trust those dudes in the green and white, especially when it comes to the green. Their full-spectrum extract retains terpenes and flavor of hemp flour with no additives or flavoring. And right now, to celebrate Mima's first season growing their own hemp in Michigan, we are giving Lockdown listeners 25% off promo code LOCKDOWN at MimaRemedies.com. That's 25% promo code LOCKDOWN at MimaRemedies.com. Now, guess what? If you go down to your local CBD shop and try and get some of this stuff, you're not going to be getting anywhere near the deal that you're going to be getting when you go to MimaRemedies.com. MimaRemedies.com, promo code LOCKEDON for 25% off.
Right. And I think that that's a huge problem with the Lions current regime right now is it's, I mean, there's two kind of ways to look at it. You can have those guys, but just make sure they're not a distraction. But then when you try and, you know, make them conform completely to this way that has only worked in one franchise across the entire national football league for all intents and purposes, to my knowledge, then that becomes an issue when, when it's not working. It's a, it's a bad look uh, for the organization when you trade away guys like Kyle Van Noy and they go off and become, I don't know about stars, but borderline. And then you can't fill that, that, that spot. And it's like moving the deck chairs around on the Titanic a lot of times. Now, again, I think this draft helps. It definitely brings it to the forefront. You look at what the Bears and the Viking, uh, the Bears and the Packers did in the draft. Laughable, laughable. So it's like, okay, okay, maybe the Lions can move up here. Um, but but again, it, it does come down to having players, and, and, and health is going to be a big concern. They've they've got to keep Kenny Galladay. Time to get him paid. He he's a good player. That's the mm-hmm. best draft pick Bob Quinn has had. But when it's a third rounder, that's the best he's had. Those first rounders have to hit. Yep. That's why you know. Maddie mentioned uh, Troy, Troy Weaver. I mean, he's going to have possibly a top three, top five pick. This draft, not the, not the greatest. There's no, there's no Shaq at the top. There's no C-Webb at the top. But if he can hit on that right away and, and, that, and that player can be a rookie of the year candidate, it moves it along faster. You know, we, we touched on it just kind of a little bit at the, at the beginning of it, but what is one thing uh, for, for each of your teams, we'll start with Shook on this one, that you think is working in favor of your team, you know, contending for a championship? How does this process get expedited as well? Well, I think that uh, they're, they've gotten to the bottom, which I think is, is probably a positive thing. You just kind of saw, even though they made the playoffs a couple of years ago and got to that eighth seed, you just didn't see where – Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, Reggie Jackson as the core, how that ascends. Like what, in what way yeah. Yeah, you can spice it up with the Luke Kennard and, and hopefully make some sensible draft picks and take it maybe to the second round if everyone's healthy, something like that. But there was really no way in your mind that you could get there. So the realization that you had to strip it down and go with what the Red Wings and the Tigers did and, and reach that bottom, which is not something that really teams do in the NFL other than maybe the Dolphins this past year kind of tried to do it and then <laughs> ended up winning some games after making some trades there. But a little obviously a much different league. But for the Pistons, you know, you, you feel like you're probably you're going to have the one high draft pick this year. You're looking at maybe another one next year. You got Blake Griffin. Can't be, you know, he's he, hopefully he's on the court sometime uh, a certain amount of – decent amount of games this coming season so that can only go in a positive direction so the trend has to kind of go up from here in terms of where they're at they got the cap space you got you know some high picks coming up as well and so a couple of young players to build around that could be pieces albeit small pieces uh to kind of go forward with and Derek, uh the lions have a, a weak schedule and they've got a very good quarterback and so if matthew stafford can carry them Look, the defense, there's no way – well, it's not no way, it's the Lions. There, you hope that there's no way, hope, that they don't finish 30th again on defense and, and that they actually stop somebody. Yeah. Uh, because if Stafford can stay healthy, the offense, I think, is going to be good. There's, you know, TJ Hawkinson has to be better. He can't be any worse than he was as a rookie. And, and some of it was not on him, and then he got hurt. But, you know, Galladay, Marvin Jones – they got a nice group of receivers. Danny Amendola, a veteran that wanted to come back. Yep. The tight end group looks and good. And was effective when he was. 
Yeah, yeah. And the running back room is as strong as it's been. I mean, Bo Scarborough looked decent last year. Mm-hmm. He's your third or fourth guy. The O-line, I think if those two kids at guard can move some bodies, maybe they can run the football consistently. But, again, it comes down to can they get stops. They still don't have enough rush in the passer, in my opinion. The middle linebacker is not a good football player. And maybe the other guys that they brought in, with Ragland, uh, maybe Tavai plays more, Collins plays more, they play another safety, and then Jared's not on the field. You root for the kid because he works so hard. But that defense still has, has questions. And their best defensive player is gone from a year ago in Darius Slay. So you hope Okuda's the real deal. I mean, they picked him to be that. So that's, I mean, that's what you look at is there's going to be some days where it's going to be the old Stafford of old. He's going to have to lead him to a 41-38 win. But with the schedule, and I think the division's a little weaker than it was a year ago, they got a shot. They better. I mean, it's you're, you're five of the GM, you're three of the coach. Go, go win some games and surprise us all. Last guy to play in this period. The Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockdownPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. That's LockdownPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. All right, so we'll wrap it up in a second. We got Matt Shook from the Lockdown Pistons podcast, Matt Derry from the Lockdown Lions podcast. You can listen to both, uh, both of those shows on iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, we, just a couple, maybe not rapid fire, but just some lighter questions uh, to, to close this one out. What is the most fun thing about rooting for your team when it's bad? We'll start with you, Shook. I think the NBA is just kind of a, a, a you got drama and you can look across the league too. Um, that's one thing. I don't think the NBA is, is losing popularity right now. It's gaining popularity, even if you're a Pistons fan and you can kind of, uh, you know, tune them out for the rest of the year. If you're halfway through the season and you're not feeling it, you can watch games uh, on TNT. You can get into the NBA Twitter all day. So it's kind of the, the communal experience of the league as a whole as opposed to maybe uh, the Pistons uh, diehard nature of it. But also the fact that their star is Blake Griffin and is like a super accessible guy and uh, just, just a guy who is easy to root for and super likable. And I think it's a, it's a good locker room too. So it's, it's an easy team to root for and an easy uh, coach and uh, uh, to root for as well. So I think those are some of the, the hallmarks of, of good things to be a Pistons fan. Guys, I always uh, laugh when I hear people say, I'm not watching the Lions anymore. I'm <laughs> Lions free. I'm going to the cider mill. Oh, shut up. No, you're not, because there's only 16 of them. Yep. <laughs> even, even, even when there were three, nine, and one, or whatever they were, and there were three left or whatever. That Sunday rolls around, it's 1250. It's like a drug. Because you're going, you're, even your wife's saying to you, your girlfriend or whatever, husband, boyfriend saying, Let's do something else today. Let's uh, let's go to the orchard. Let's let's go to the mall. You know, that that it, that lion's itch. It starts. It start. You start scratching it, and then twelve fifty nine turns into one o'clock, and then, boom! There's Dick Stockton and Mark Schlereth. You know, so if you're lucky. <laughs> you just you know you just you just this team is just it's unbelievable, and the amount of people that I can't believe are downloading and listening to the show, especially last December. Uh, and still on board and still into the draft. It's the NFL's built something special, and Lions fans have been 
traded to a pile of you know what for a long time, yet they still come back. So there's something about, uh, you, know, you know, I live close to, to Ron Crackman, the, the guy that has the, the trucks and he puts on the helmet and he goes to every game home and away. I mean, these, these, these folks love their team. So a lot, the Lions, they are lo- kind of lovable at times with, despite the record, people are still tuned in. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's a testament to the, to, the, to the fans that are just starving for it. I think for us, and I, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but uh, you know the the one thing that has been, and this is something I've just been kind of noticing uh, recently, but this whole thing about them being like historically bad, the Red Wings, uh, in in this awful valley that they've sunken into, is that it all kind of just seems like a joke. Like like we have this recent history that's incredible, and we have this future that's going to be incredible we're sure of it you know so it like it obviously that's a bit tongue-in-cheek but you know you kind of look at this stage and you kind of say oh man it's going to be so funny once we get good again and that and that's kind of the the fan sentiment that I think is really something that's comforting in a time like this is it's like it almost doesn't seem real <laughs> as long Don't as you it guys drag on that's right. Don't you guys think there's something about those diehard Red Wing fans that despite a really bad – and I don't think fans, the general fan, the casual fan in Detroit, realized how bad the Wings were this past no, year. They, not at they, all. They, anytime I turned the game on, it was 4 nothing, losing. Like, mm-hmm. They were always down 4 nothing. Mm-hmm. But those diehards that still go to LCA, yep. got their sweaters on, and it's a husband and wife duo or whatever, they love this team, and they don't really like any other team. Like in mm-hmm. town, like yeah. there was always that Pistons fans versus Red Wings fans, uh, a battle that went on when the Pistons were really good and the Wings were really good because the diehards who went to all the Pistons games in the Palace were not Red Wing fans. And the Red Wing fans, they weren't hiking up. You know, the Down River fan, uh-huh. mm-hmm. they never hiked up to Auburn Hills. Uh, I think everybody roots for the Lions and Tigers, but those two teams have their own kind of niche. Uh, Pistons, those fans have got to come back. And the Red Wing fans, they're there. It's uh, But I think they took pride in saying we're going to, see this through but they love the fact that it's their their own guy and that's the other thing about the wings when you go to the media guide and you go okay there's Iserman, there's draper there's maltz all these guys that are that they were beloved from back in the day are all working for the team so you're still kind of holding on to holding on to the past because they're still there you know pat for beak same thing yeah what are you most looking forward to about your team being good hypothetically I'll start. It's been so long that the Pistons have been relevant. I mean, we're talking about 12 years since a playoff victory, one game. So uh, that's just um, – that's it. I mean, NBA playoffs. I love watching the NBA playoffs every spring up until this spring. And uh, it just to have the Pistons not be involved for so long in any kind of meaningful way is uh, is really all there is. I mean, I went to those uh, – both of the games against the Bucks at home when they were in the playoffs a couple of years ago, got smoked in both of them. But, hey, finally – some fun atmosphere for the first time at Little Caesars Arena involving the Pistons. And uh, so I'd say just the, the excitement and atmosphere of a, of a packed house and playoff basketball. Well, I think that that's one thing that the Red Wings, Tigers, and Pistons all have, as they say, like, you know, with the Red Wings, we talk about the things we miss all the time. Like, oh, man, I miss when, uh, you know, you'd be at the Joe for a playoff game, round one against Nashville or whatever, and Ali Octopus comes barreling out of the jumbotron there's a lot of things to miss with those teams i don't think there's any question about it those man the joe was rocking for so many years i'll say this about the lions i'll do my best uh don lemon impersonation from cnn but (laughs) could you imagine 
could you imagine if this team hosted a playoff game? Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, I the line. It, I mean, Ford Field would be <laughs> unbelievable. It really would, and it's been since '93, right? The Packer yeah. game, the Sterling yeah, the Sharp game, Sterling so, Sharp. Yeah. I mean, that is to think about that and to look at the numbers. Like they, you know, you watch a Patriots playoff game and they say Tom Brady is a 19 and one in home playoff games. Yeah. You go, wait a minute. This MFers played 20 home playoff games. But they, the Lions haven't hosted one since 1993. I was a sophomore in college. So, like, I'm an old man at 47. That's three so like, years away from being born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you two guys. But, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. And I just think that that would be so exciting. And, again, it's easier said than done. These people say, oh, where's the first? The Vikings are really good. They are. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't think the Lions are as good as Minnesota. But couple injuries here and there. Maybe Cousins goes down. You never root for injuries, but I'm just using it as a measuring stick. You just sure. never know. You never know, but that would be something else. And it would be something that would be sorely needed with what we've gone through since since March here. All right, last question. We will uh, wrap it up with this. Which player on the four teams do you guys feel is the current face of Detroit sports? I think there's two. I, I think to me there's two options, and it's it's either Dylan Larkin or Matthew Stafford. Yeah, it's got to be number nine to me. It's it's Stafford. I mean, he's been here the longest. He was the number one pick. He's been the starter for years. He's been you know durable up until the last couple of years or last year in particular, and uh, was banged up before that. So yeah, it's it's Stafford to me, kind of a kind of a no brainer. Larkin's you know getting Honestly. there just because yeah. I mean, he just just got to put more time in and and hopefully put some wins together. I'll go with uh, Nico Goodrum myself. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I mean, yeah, it, it's Stafford. And, you know, I talked about it on my show on Monday. I, the, the, these, these folks that think that if the Lions have a bad year, that it's the end of the Stafford era and they're going to trade him. I just, I don't see the Fords ever letting him go. No, I, I, think I he's agree. Here. I think he's here as long as he wants to be. I think at the end, end of his, this, la, this contract, he's got this year and two more. If then he said, I'm not re-signing, Kelly and I are moving, it's time for a new start. But even I think they like it here. So I think he wants to see this through. I think the Fords love him. Uh, so, yeah, I would put him up there. I, I would ask Nolan, you and Ethan, if Larkin – I'm assuming Larkin's going to get this captaincy, yeah. right? What if, yeah. what if he doesn't? Or is there no way? No, yeah, there's, I don't think there's anybody else on this team that's remotely close to where Larkin is in terms of just his maturity – and just being the homegrown kid, U of M. And he's just really embraced being a Red Wing too. And it's not like, you know, besides like that all-star slip up when he said, hey, don't vote for me, I want the time off. Like, I think everything besides that has been A-plus from him. Well, then too, just the, the parallels with Steve Eiserman, you know, first teenager to make the NH or to make the Red Wings since Steve Eiserman. Uh, just the, the way that he's kind of developed his career has gone so far, all, the characteristics, everything. I think that there's there's no chance that Steve Eisenman goes any other direction. Yeah, I think Blake Griffin has been a nice uh, supplement, nice little bridge, hopefully for, mm -hmm. for hopefully some era in the future for the Pistons. A good citizen, a good soldier, but I wouldn't say the face of the of the town or anything. But maybe like the the Secretary of State for Detroit sports <laughs> or something like that. Well, we, uh, we thank you guys so much for taking the time to join us, Matt Derry from Lockdown Lions and Matt Shook. From Lockdown Pistons, you can follow these two gentlemen on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and at Matt underscore Shook underscore. If you need help finding those names, just look in the title of this episode. Uh, once again, you can listen to all of their stuff 
uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get this. Uh, we'll be back probably tomorrow, or no, we'll be back Friday with a uh, you know a preview of the NHL Draft Lottery, give you guys some updates on what's going on with the live stream. Uh, once again, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys then. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.